LaFosso? Here. Coville? Here. Hoffman? Lindsay? Here. Carol? Here. Buckybaum? Here. Rogers? Von Connolly? Here. Gee? Here. Ogilvy? Here. Vice Chair Lucian? Here. Chair Burke? Here. We have a quorum. Thank you. We'll go now to the consent calendar. Uh, number one, approval of the minutes from August 24th, 2017. Commissioner Pluckybaum? So moved. Fantastic. Vice Chair Lucian? Second. <laughs> a motion by Commissioner Pluckybaum, second by uh, Vice Chair Lucian. Uh, we'll go for a roll call vote. Commissioner Ogilvy? Uh, Yee? Juan Connolly? Aye. Lucky Bomb? Aye. Farrell? Aye. Lindsay? Aye. Goville? Aye. LaFasso? Aye. Odipo Memba? Aye. Vice Chair Lucian? Aye. Chair Burke? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you. We'll go to number two, the director's report. Ms. Cosgrove? Two things for the director's report this evening. First, uh, the recruitment for a new planning director for the community development department has been posted and the um, recruitment time period ends on September 15th. So if you know of anybody who's interested, please refer them to the city's website uh, for more information and to apply. And um, second, uh, coming up at the next uh, September meeting, September 21st, the Commission and the public will notice a difference uh, in the formatting of our staff reports. Um, the Planning and Design Commission is joining um, what's called uh, Legistar, which is the process that the City Council uses in order to produce its council reports. So the Council is, is slowly rolling out uh, this same process to all of its boards and commissions, and we are the first uh, that they are joining into um, this process. So. What it does is it utilizes um, new technology, it streamlines the process for us behind the scenes, and then it will make your commission reports look more like council reports. So the substance of the reports will all be the same. Um, it will just have a slightly different look and maybe a little bit of a different order um, in the items. But um, I, I actually think the commission um, and the public will probably appreciate that at the beginning of the report there will be um, a couple of pages that function more like an executive summary. So it'll be um, a kind of a nice brief introduction to the item and then you can get into the background of the report. So um, that is all that I have. Thank you, Ms. Cosgrove. We'll go next to the, the public hearing. Um, item number three on the agenda, P16-060, luxury motor cars. Uh, before we take up that item, any um, export to communication recruitals from commissioners? Commissioner Farrell? I spoke with the uh, applicant. Thank you. Commissioner Bodipa member? Thank you, Chair. I, I did have uh, email communication with members of the public uh, regarding this item. Thank you. Vice Chair Lucian? Brief communications with the applicant. Thank you. Commissioner Pluckybaum? I spoke with representative of the River District consistent with the staff report. Thank you. Commissioner Wong Conley? Um, I went to the current site and talked to somebody working on the floor, uh, just general discussion. Fantastic. 
and I receive emails consistent with the staff report. Ms. Hange. Hello, Chair Burke, members of the Planning and Design Commission. My name is Teresa Hange, and I'm here presenting on motor cars, the luxury motor cars. This project includes a request to establish an auto sales use within the existing 19,950-square-foot building on approximately 0.98-acre parcel in the general commercial zone and in the River District specific in the River District Special Planning District area. Luxury Motor Cars is a specialty auto dealership dealing in the sale of high-end vehicles. This unique business does not operate as a typical auto sales dealership does. Um, where most of the inventory is outdoors and visible from the street. Instead, Luxury Motor Cars has a car inventory and vehicle sales that is conducted entirely indoors. The only outdoor activity includes an occasional car wash and storage of cars being prepared for sales. And these outdoor activities occur in a fenced-in area that is screened from street view and is behind the building. The business include, also includes a retail space for automotive-related merchandising and the display of a permanent collection of museum-quality vehicles that will be open to the public. The proposed project is within a quarter mile of a light rail station, and special consideration was given to this fact when we reviewed the project. Staff also considers the comments we received from the, on the project, and comments received include letters from the Sacramento Regional Transit um, Sac Sac RT and Sacramento Metropolitan Air Quality District. And their concerns were similar in that they said that they stated that the proposed auto sales use is not consistent with the mixed-use transit-oriented development that is envisioned for the area and that auto sales do not generate the ridership needed to sustain transit stations. Um, staff also received a letter from the River District Board. Uh, the River District supports the proposed use because it provides a more active use than the previous or existing use and includes facade improvements. Um, the letters can be found on in attachment two of your staff report. In addressing the proximity to the light rail station, staff acknowledges that this project is not a transit-oriented project that will promote increased public transportation ridership. However, luxury motor cars will contribute to the transitioning of the River District from a predominantly industrial warehouse district to its ultimate goal of a transit-oriented area. And it does this because it renovates an underutilized, uninviting warehouse into a unique retail space, as you can see with this overhead here. It also provides a stronger street presence with large windows for a high level of transparency. It provides landscaping, quality materials, and a clear pedestrian path to the site. It also provides commercial design that may attract a wider array of users in the future. And it also serves as an example of how an existing industrial building can be transformed into a commercial design. And then ultimately, it also will not in inhibit the transit-oriented development into the area and therefore does not compromise the vision of the River District specific plan or the general plan. So in conclusion, staff recommends approval of this project. The applicant is here who can provide a, who will provide an overview of his business, and I can pull that up right now, and he can come up, and then we can answer questions. Thank you. And if there's any members of the public who want to speak on this item or any other items on the agenda, there's public comment cards in the back for you to fill out and return to the Commission Secretary. Uh, Chair Burke, members of the Commission, my name is John Brazier. Thank you for having us. Thank you for your time. This is my uh, partner, Greg Wilson, and we are the owners of Luxury Motor Cars. So we've got a brief presentation to walk through a few things. A 
Okay, so just first of all, a little bit about us. Greg and myself are both local boys. Let me get this out of your way. There you go. That's okay. We're from... Um, is this the clicker here? You can try that, and if that doesn't work, this one doesn't work. There we go. All right, perfect. Greg and I are both local. We're from the uh, Sacramento area. I graduated from Del Campo High School in 1991, and Greg from Christian Brothers. Greg is a U.S. Marine Corps combat veteran. Is that how you do that? And uh, both of us have decades here in the car business in uh, California, in Sacramento specifically. Luxury Motor Cars itself was founded in 2001, and we have been the owners of this business since spring of last year. Um, as Ms. Hange said, high-end specialty sales, 100% um, indoor showroom. We have clients regularly from all over the country that fly in to buy cars and take them away. And, and uh, currently we have about 45 vehicles in inventory and we sell about 15 a month. And on occasion we have the rare European come buying a special car and taking it back home with them as well. Here's a, kind of the satellite image of our current location. We're tucked in between uh, Elvis and the train tracks right next to 65th and uh, Sac State in East Sac. What the outside of our uh, current business looks like. We drag the cars out in the front every once in a while for glamour shots. And so I got to show you a couple of them. Inside we have a small lobby there and offices and then here's our, some of our indoor showroom. And here's the satellite image of our new proposed location. And it's currently operated by Newman Enterprises, a limousine and a uh, valet uh, service provider here in Sacramento. That's what the outside of the building looks like today. And working with the design committee at staff, this is what uh, we hope the building will look like in several months from now. And some of the big changes that we did to the building the, um, the facade of the building is raised so that the air conditioning units and other, other utilities on top aren't visible. And then we, we um, opened up some holes. This was at the, at the staff's request. We opened up holes for windows into the building to create more of a retail-type storefront from the, from the street view. And what we're proposing inside, most of those offices are already there. We'd be adding a couple more offices and then having cars kind of staged throughout the in, inside of the building there. In addition to the auto sales, we want to have some kind of um, retail presence that Ms. Hange mentioned, um, things like shirts and hats and purses and car-related paraphernalia, memorabilia. Um, and I use this picture, I just pulled this off the Internet, to kind of show that's kind of in conjunction flows from the showroom to that retail area, not a separate area, but kind of part of the showroom. And then also we want to have a collection of kind of special cars that are pretty unique that uh, we allow the public to come and view whenever they want to. So that even if you don't think you want to buy a car from us, we want to give you a reason to come and check us out in the interest of promoting the dealership. Um, in conclusion, just a few thoughts. We are a Sacramento business and consistent with the goals of the city, we want to stay in Sacramento and grow in Sacramento. Um, Councilmember Harris is, uh, is the council member over our district. We're currently residing in his district, and the new location is also in his district. And he has also always been in support of our business, very, very helpful to us. And while I can't speak for him, in my conversations with him about this project, my feeling is, is that he's very supportive of this as well. 
Um, this type of business on, on Richards is really kind of unparalleled. You drive up and down Richards today, there's no real retail-focused, inviting storefront on the, on the street. And so we want to kind of create that because we, we hope that people come into Richards Boulevard and see what we see, a, a place kind of screaming for investment and, 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 and opportunity that developers and um, real estate investors, others will see what we see of a, a great opportunity. And we want to kind of be the beginning of that kind of catalyst. We humbly think that our business is kind of cool and we think it would be a good thing for city planners or invest uh, or, uh, real estate professionals to bring potential investors to and say, look, you kind of be close to this. This is kind of where you'll be in the neighborhood of. And we kind of like to think that would be a good catalyst for sparking future development in the area. So, again, thank you for your time. Um, we'd love to be part of the revitalization of the River District. If you have any questions, we'd be pleased to answer them at this time. Thank you. We'll, we'll take commissioners' questions, comments to staff or an applicant now, then we'll take public comment. Very good. Thank you. Thank Mr. you. Wong uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. First question for the staff. On the report, um, there's one sentence that luxury uh, motor cars will serve as a transitional use to facilitate the evolution of the area from industrial having commercial use to a transit-oriented community. So explain to me that what I understand that the CUP works that it attached to the property. So even they leave, uh, some other auto dealership can move in with the CUP. Is that correct? That is correct, but we did condition the project so that all inventory has to be sold indoors. And there's other conditions that kind of retain that uh, type of business that is being uh, proposed today. Okay, give me an example of uh, the condition other than a uh, car has to be okay. retained indoors. Well, just that all of the area has to be screened in the back. So if they're having, um, like right now, they're going to have a car wash and they're going to have some of the um, cars that are getting prepared for sale in the back, behind, outside behind the building. And so they have to be behind the building and has to be screened. And so that area is there, that's, the screening is there as well. And then just the fact that we're having them redesign the place so that it has the um, kind of the more of the commercial use, such as the, um, you know, the, the transparent windows for that kind of eyes on the street and that kind of inviting uh, feel for it. Those are the kind of things not only in design, but also uh, that will kind of have that building retain that feel. Okay. So uh, essentially, if another auto dealership can satisfy that all the inventory indoors, then they can use the site continuously as an auto dealership? Yes. Okay. And then uh, question for the applicant, please. Um, <coughs> So you mentioned that there are museum quality, uh, permanent museum quality car on uh, exhibit on site. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. correct? Mm -hmm. So on your floor plan, uh, could you please point it to me which location, how many cars you're thinking about as a uh, as ex on permanent exhibit? Yeah, so we were kind of imagining if you, I don't have a laser pointer here, but on the lower part where these the vehicles are kind of in dark, that it would be on this this side of the building, the the bottom part of the of the of the pay, of the. Um, That's the four cars you are talking about. Well, this, this should... I got a little pointer there. This um, okay. these cars are not to scale. The the um, the cars that we sell are about six to seven feet wide. If if these cars were to scale, they would be um, fourteen feet wide. So 
the cars will be much smaller in the building than it makes it look on this picture, unfortunately. But we would imagine somewhere between 5 and 10, probably something like that. Uh, 5 to 10 cars. 5 to 10 cars is part of the permanent collection, yeah. Um, give me a feel what kind of uh, cars that... Uh, uh... Right now, that permanent collection, we have, we have five cars that we own right now. Um, three of them are very rare Ferraris. Uh, 2003 Ferrari Enzo, Ferrari F50. We have a 1960 Aston Martin DB4. We have a 19 Dino 69, a 69 Dino. All these are very rare cars, very kind of sought after. And that's not what you are doing on the current side, right? Yeah, and currently we have those cars there. Yeah. But now the, the three Ferraris aren't there yet. They're coming. They're going to be delivered. But we own them. <coughs> they're part of our what we call the permanent collection. And this um, permanent collection would that be? open just for your uh, clients to come to see or for the member of general public? No, see, that, that would be part of our publication or advertisement to the public. Come see us. If you don't come see us to buy a car, come check out our permanent collection of these cool automobiles, that kind of thing. Come get your picture taken with a Ferrari Enzo, for example, that kind of thing. Uh, how are you uh, plan to promote it to the general public? Social media, primarily social media. We've talked about some radio, some other advertising. We're talking about partnership with the sports teams in the area, the Kings and others, but we haven't finalized any of those arrangements. But right now, primarily through social media is our outreach. And th this is not a, a, like a, a certain event, like pick when... Uh, no, just ongoing. When have to, but it's an ongoing basis, you invite public to come. Yeah, come check us out, yeah, that kind of thing. I see. Um, and also, um, there's a mention that uh, um, on-site you do mechanical work, uh, all your change. So for the client, is that just for the car that you're about to sell or for the cars that you already sold and they came back for the maintenance work for well, your side? primarily for cars that's just that, that we're preparing for ourselves. My understanding is, is that we're not going to be servicing cars ongoing at that location. That's not part of the use that we're proposing. So just cars that we're getting ready to sell ourselves. So we sell it to a customer his ongoing maintenance, if he has a problem with the car right away or whatever, we'll fix it for him, but his ongoing maintenance will have to be done elsewhere. He'll have to find another place or we can refer him to another partner or something like that. Uh, if somebody bought a car from you and has a problem uh, or need maintenance, do you refer them to some other location or you would do it uh, on site? Um, if we sold somebody a car, like we sold you a car today and it had a problem in a couple of weeks, something early, close to time of sale, we'd probably fix it ourselves. But ongoing maintenance, we would refer them to one of the people that we do business with, one of the other vendors that does mechanical or body and paint work, that kind of thing. Okay, got it. Uh, that's my question <coughs> for now. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Commissioner Juan Connolly. Commissioner Fossil. Thank you, Mr. Chair. A couple questions for the applicant. Did you know you have 1,174 likes on Facebook? 1,100? Yeah. That many? <laughs> yeah. Um, not really why I punched up. But, uh, so um, that was uh, honey to get to the vinegar. So there's a lot of emphasis in the staff report about your business being unique. And I have this experience of a college professor taking me to task for the use of that word. Unique means there's nothing else like you. Why are you unique? Well, I think in the Sacramento area, um, where, there's, where you have a collection of cars inside that the average price is around $100,000, I don't think there's a dealership like that. Even the new car dealers in town, I think, don't have that kind of same. They're either much larger scale, um, um, but the, the kind of cars that we sell, there's nobody in Sacramento area selling our kinds of cars that we sell. The number of Ferraris that we're selling, Lamborghinis that we're selling, things like that. There's really nobody else doing it. 
Okay. So, now, so we're not unique in the world, of course. There's, especially when you go down south to Southern California, there's, okay. there's several dealerships that kind of do what we do, even on a bigger scale than what we do. Okay. That's helpful. When you um, talk about the, um, the, the retail space aspect with the memorabilia and the um, – well, the two-part question, start with that one. I don't see in your plans where that retail – storefront is going to be. Can you help me understand that? Yeah, we're still kind of monkeying around with that. The, the, the plan that we have right here, if you see, boy, this mouse isn't doing it for me either. You see the little upside-down L-shaped thing right there? Uh, shake your... Uh, kind of a, looks like a seven. Oh, I'm sorry, you're, you're not using the, okay. No, my mouse okay. isn't working here. Yeah, you, might, you mean the, the offices and such? Well, yeah, you see, you see the dark circle? With the car sitting in it, uh -huh, uh -huh. go straight down from that, and something looks like a seven with no slant on it. Okay, that, right. that's kind of where we're proposing right now. I'm not sure I'm in love with that exact location, but we'd be imagining somewhere kind of in the front there, maybe up against the wall to the other side. You know, we're still kind of monkeying around with that. And what we're imagining, just to be clear, is not a huge space—five hundred to a thousand square feet, something like that—is kind of what we're imagining. Okay, but you appreciate that that's a primary selling point. For to me as a planner, the point of getting something that's eyes in the street. Those eyes aren't on the street because they're behind some office. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The offices are on the on the windows are into offices. They don't open up into the retail space. We'd want the retail space to be a little bit more part of the showroom, part of the experience of walking into our showroom. Okay. Um, do you do this now on the Elvis location? No, we, we have right now... We have roughly 7,000 square feet, including offices. So we're, we're really, as you saw in the pictures, we're really tight right now. So we don't have any space for opportunity for that. Got it. Do you do the, uh, the, 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 the Ferrari Enzo and the showing of the other fancy cars on Elvis now? Yeah, we, we have right now, like I said, of the five that we have, two of them are on location right now, and they're not for sale. They're just, we're not really using them to promote the, sale yet, to promote the site yet, to promote the business but they're there, and we tell you know, our clients about them, and, and Greg puts them on Facebook and say, hey, come check out these cars. But it's not really a, we're not really pushing the permanent collection concept yet. So unless I know you and I get lucky on a 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, for example, there's no, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's dropping in to take a look at the, at, the, at the permanent collection now. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. Uh, I on the weekends, um, we have we have quite a few people that come by. Uh, most of it has been spread of word of mouth because we've been kind of waiting to get to our new spot to really announce a, a, a big, you know, a big deal. Um, we have uh, 4.5 million dollars worth of 32 cars on our floor right now, so there is a really nice collection on the floor. A lot of a lot of dads bring their their sons in, the kids come in, we walk them through the cars, we show them everything, um, and you know our doors are always open. But as far as the promotion of the collection, so to speak, it hasn't been huge yet because we were hoping to kind of tie it all into our new location. To be quite honest. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Last question. I, I, your your um. You're moving from the Elvis location because it's just too small, right? Base, yeah. Okay. Um, you envision yourself growing more, and I'll be candid, what's behind my question is do you envision yourself outgrowing this space at some point? Sure. That's a great question. I mean, ultimately, you know, our, our private seven to ten year plan is that we outgrow this location 
and primarily um, do much more um, service for for our customers and that kind of thing. We see that as a profit center. We know that's not possible at this location, um, but we yeah, we imagine we would love to have probably in this market maxing out about 110 to 120 cars and a much bigger service operation. And that's just not possible here. Here we think we can get to 60 to 70 maybe cars and, and not have the space for any kind of service except for getting some of our own cars ready. And really most of the service that we do for those, we'll still have to send that out. We won't have the capabilities here to do it. So, so yes, if everything goes as we hope that it goes, seven to 10 years, you know, guarding against other, any other recession or that kind of a thing, hopefully we outgrow this location. Okay, appreciate that. I have a question or two for staff, so I appreciate your answers. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Hange or Mr. Compton, so, you know, one of the issues here is the proximity to the right rail station, and there are five standards on page 10 of the staff report. Um, two of them I'm curious about, and I'm not going to go in order. Um, Maybe I will. Um, uh, where is it? Oh, uh, standards. It's the ones that interest me are standards D and E. Standard D says that parking should be located to the rear of the interior side of the building. Now, maybe the renderings are not actually what I'm expected to see during the day if, the, if, it, if, if this comes to fruition, but it shows cars <coughs> parked out in front of the retail entity. How does that square with the standards and the staff report? Um, yes, there is some parking. This is all existing parking, and so they're utilizing this existing parking. Um, they do have some in the front, but they also have um, most of it or a lot of it on the side. Because it's an existing building, they're kind of using that site as it exists. If it were a brand-new building, then we would probably work a little more stringently to make sure that's kind of on the side in the back. But since we're using an existing building, kind of working with what we have. Um, but they also do have parking along the site as well. Okay, I follow. Um, standard E says buildings primary entrance shall have direct access to public streets and sidewalks. Now, now it's pretty clear from the from the, the site plan that you know there is a there's a little landscaping in front and there's something of a path. And I don't know if it's a separate. I don't know if it's pavers in the middle of asphalt or it's just marked by white paint on asphalt. I don't recall. But I, I guess when I first read it, what I thought was it really, you know, it really spoke to direct access from the street in the sense that the, you know, that the, that the, that the streets, that it was, that it was building the streetscape and being close to the street in the sense of, you know, a building, you know, further. Walk me through that. What, what's the expectation behind the standard and is this, are we scutching, as a former boss of mine used to like to say, or is this really what this standard envisions? Um, well, it's, it's, this particular standard is, I mean, I'm responding much like the other one. It's an existing building, so we have, we're working with what we have. What we are doing, though, is we are, um, in order to kind of make that public access a little more comfortable as we're expanding the landscaping, we're providing um, that actually that walkway does exist. It's a painted one, so they're just going to make sure that it's clearly probably repainted to make sure it's clear. They're also going to have, um, though it doesn't show in the renderings, they're conditioned to have a tree in front as well. So it's about um, 
providing that inviting and uh, kind of uh, design to invite the pedestrian, but then also providing the amenities to where it provides that comfort. And even though, again, it doesn't have that direct access, like you're not walking by the door and you open the door, because it's positioned a little farther back, at least the landscaping is comfortable and it has an inviting kind of feel to it. So that's how we're approaching that particular standard. I appreciate that. Um, last question. I guess technically it's third, sorry. Um, building a little bit on a little bit on Commissioner Wong, one of Commissioner Wong Connolly's questions. I, I read throughout the staff report, in essence, kind of, I think I, I, there's a message I read between the lines. And the message I read is, this is sufficiently different that this is not the toehold to Richards becoming an auto row. Kind of what I read. So can you amplify again, what are the, what are the, the, specific things that are in the staff report that, as Commissioner Wong Connolly observed, if a future auto-oriented business came to the site, you know, what, what would prevent them from doing the kinds of things that would cause a future business being a toehold toward Richards Boulevard being an auto road? Um, first of all, uh, and I apologize, I'm repeating myself a little bit here, but the auto sales are conducted indoors and as the applicant said it's really limited to I think at the most you're saying 60 cars so an auto dealership usually has a more much more inventory than that there are some smaller ones but they have a larger inventory than that and they also have it all outdoors so if they were to look at the site I imagine they would say mm, it's hey it has the CUP but it's a little bit constrained in terms of what their needs are so that's why you feel like in terms of, it, it, that's how, I'm sorry you take umbrage to the word unique, but that's what makes it a little bit unique in that way in terms of differentiating it from typical uh, auto sales uses. And again, I don't think it would be a creative magnet for auto sales because of its nature and its uniqueness. You have given any thought, yeah, this is the same question, so I'm, uh, I'm so, you haven't given any thought what the conditions are on downtown Ford's permit and what the volume of sales is at downtown Fort because again I'm, the reason I pop it pops in my brain is it's a it's a standard car dealership in a similar area and I don't have anything to compare it with and I didn't think of that question until like a second ago so I would have researched my own question if I had okay so here's my response to that kind of off my cuff as well is when I'm driving by Ford and I'm seeing all the cars in the front and there's a lot more cars, and the building's rather small. It feels like it's small anyways because the lot is rather large, and it's in the back. I don't even remember what the, how the building looks like, actually, for Ford. I remember a lot of cars. It, it just feels like that's a very different feel and a different type of auto sales than this one here. Thank you for your responses. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner LaFalsa. Uh, Commissioner Lindsay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. A uh, question for the applicant on security. Um, you mentioned you had approximately $4.5 million worth of inventory. That's a high dollar amount at this current yeah. time. And the police department has put some conditions on, on this enterprise, um, including cameras. But yeah. what type of security do you employ or will be employing at this site? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you, if you look at the rendering, we've got all of our glass doors there, including the front entry door. And in visiting with staff, our concern about that glass door was exactly the security. 
And so in working with staff, there are some solutions that we haven't nailed down the exact one yet, but, but to have you know, some, some concealed um, steel or aluminum doors that come down at nighttime when we're not there. And then, of course, on the, the, the door on the right where cars enter and exit, we would need some kind of barricade, hydraulic barricade or something that would not allow people to drive through that. Of course, we'll have electronic surveillance is our plan, as well as um, cameras inside and outside and, um, and the motion detectors, things like that. We, um, we've, we've been in touch with a couple of security specialists, but we haven't picked one yet for the overall plan, but we're going to take it pretty seriously. So you don't currently have uh, like on-site security at night, or that no, no, that and this I don't, is adequate. Yeah, I, we we don't have on-site security at night right now, and I don't foresee that we would need if we if we secure the the building properly. I think I think our insurance companies will be satisfied, and, okay. and, and our customers, and we will be satisfied that, that we're reasonably safe. So. Great, thank you very much. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Commissioner Wong Conley. Here, uh, since I have you on the floor, can I ask you? Uh, so I know that uh, your partner is saying that uh, you're still trying to finalize the permanent collection concept. So in your mind, how many um, percentage of the floor space that you plan to use as a permanent collection? Well, let's just, uh, five to ten is kind of what we're thinking. And um, and if if we have 60 cars in there, you know, five. I'm not not very good at math, I'm afraid, but but roughly 15, 20%. 15, 20%. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Wankali. Commissioner Kaufman. Thank you, Chairman Burke. Just a couple of questions for staff. I want to go to this issue of auto-oriented use from a slightly different angle. So this is a C2 zone, correct? Can you tell me, just envision, the most auto-oriented use that could be approved there under C2 that doesn't require conditional use permit? What might those be? The C2 zone would allow um, manufacturing and repair up to 6,400 square feet if the building could be used for that by right without any type of entitlement. So that's one of them that comes out. Um, it's also the existing warehouse where they store the limos, it's technically a non-conforming use. And the Richards um, or the River District Special Planning District allows changing from one non-conforming use to another by right. So they could um, go with more warehousing, um, you know, like a billboard manufacturer, um, a contractor's uh, storage yard, those type of uses by right, according to the SPD. If they were to get this conditional use permit for the auto sales, their non-conforming status would be eliminated, meaning that they would not be able to take advantage of that non-conforming code. I guess I'm thinking, thank, thank you for that answer, but I, I guess I'm thinking about more intense customer contact where you would have a business where people would be coming using their cars because at this point there's no other alternative. And they wouldn't require a conditional use permit. Those type of uses that I think of would be, like for instance, a, a drive-through uh, auto repair service, um, you know, those type of uses, but those do require conditional use permits, but they are allowed in the C2. Are grocery stores? Grocery stores would be permitted by right, yes. So, so they could have a significant number of parking spaces and cars coming there. Sure, office is another one. More intense than yeah. this. 
Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Kaufman. Commissioner Yee. Thank you. And following up with staff on uh, Commissioner Kaufman's question, and I apologize if it was responded to and I just didn't get it. Uh, allowed by right. Uh, auto parts, would that be a, a retail sales of auto parts? Would that be allowed? Auto parts retail would be allowed. They cannot do auto repair service, but certainly they could sell parts. So going back to uh, condition, um, uh, conditions of approval for the CUP, I note items uh, B1 and B2. B1 saying that no vehicles for sale shall be displayed in the parking lot. Basically, everything is within the building. And then B2, uh, sales only, no repair, no service, and no rental. So hearing the discussion about the concerns of Let's say a subsequent uh, tenant trying to expand uh, into a more traditional auto dealership and the services that are associated with that type of a business. I make the uh, assumption that these two conditions then are such that it would discourage a traditional auto dealership from operating in that location. These cover the major items that would be required of a typical auto dealership. And these are then prohibited, and then we would not get something. In 10 years, when you outgrow the site, uh, we would not get a traditional auto dealer in that location. Is that correct? I would agree with that. They would have to request to modify conditions, and that would trigger another discretionary review, and that wouldn't be something that we would support. So this is sufficient um, constraint that it would be unlikely uh, for someone. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. I just have one quick question for the applicant or staff, just to clarify. And I think I know the answer, but I just want to put it out there. All the sales are going to take in place indoors. They're going to be on the out in the front car wash and where you pick up your car. You're not building any car wash mechanism or apparatus, correct? No, no. Our plan, uh, site plan, we've got a corner in the back where we, again, we don't have the final plan worked out, but where we have a place where we can pressure wash cars where the water can get collected and go through the proper filtration process before it goes back into the You're sewer. not building one of those drive-through machines? No. Good, good. No, good, no. thank you. I thought I knew the answer, but thank you. Next, we'll take the public comment. Um, I have a comment card from Patty. I can't pronounce the last name. Clean Connect. Ms. Clean Connect. Good evening, Chair Burke and members of the Commission. I am Patty Klein Connect, Executive Director for the River District. And I'm here on behalf of 200 property owners and 300 businesses. After hearing from the applicant in a presentation at our board meeting, our board of directors voted unanimously to support this project. It's located 840 Richards Boulevard. It's almost the center of our district. The immediate area is commercial uses, not open to the public, few employees, aging warehouses. You see the picture on the screen that looks pretty dark from up here, pretty desolate. We are undergoing transition. We're looking for that one project that will be a catalyst to move the area from 
limousine shuttle bus, recycling, die cutting, vinyl windows, vacant lots, none of which encourage any public engagement. And oh, by the way, across the street is an adult entertainment club. It's well known that transitional areas look for that first investor to serve as a catalyst, and we think luxury motor cars is just such an investor. It's an established Sacramento business looking to expand in our city, not Roseville, not Folsom, not Rockland, Sacramento. It will provide a striking storefront that will be transformative. It will be a destination site. It will feature retail components. It will attract clients from across the region, state, country, to our central city. Catalyst projects don't always check every box, but this one will certainly open the way and serve as an important stimulus for future projects that will help us reach our goals for development. We support transit-oriented development, but we need something that will draw interest and promote other projects and development. Anyone evaluating the project, it shouldn't be just a spot on a map and a distance from a light rail station. For all practical purposes, it's a desolate, unattractive area, unattractive to investors and businesses that might enliven the area. This is our opportunity for a project that will that doesn't do much to, or this, this project will encourage development in an area that isn't doing much to encourage it. It'll raise the bar. Staff, thank you for the hard work you've done, and we encourage you to grant the conditional use permit for luxury motor cars. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have a question from Commissioner LaFazzo. Ms. Kleinknecht. Um, thank you for being here, and uh, I'm sorry when we did the Twin Rivers project a month or so ago, it went on a while and you had to leave, but I know you went there for city council. I'm kind of going to ask you a question. I'm a bit bootstrapping into a question I kind of wanted to ask about that. But this is relevant in the sense that, um, and in all fairness to you, your answer, your testimony was quite comprehensive, so it leaves only a piece of my question. But I think part of what's behind the interest in transitory development is the interest in evolving the area um, toward more housing. There was a lot of discussion in the Twin Rivers discussion about, you know, we got one big project over here, one big project over there, and then a small one. Um, well, obviously, you, you said the big word, transition. But just from your association's um, standpoint, how do you view that vision, and just to keep us on point, this project in terms of that vision for more housing? I think active uses are going to be important, something that people find exciting. If a, a resident actually in our specific plan along Richards Boulevard, we really don't have housing in that area. It's probably not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live on Richards Boulevard in an apartment or anything else. Uh, so we had more commercial uses and uh, office uses along Richards itself. But I think if this could catalyze other types of development, it might be the type of thing that if you lived in the area, yeah, you might walk with your kids up to, to see the cars on a Saturday afternoon. Um, so I think 
it's it's got to start with something and there is nothing in this area that right now that would make anybody these folks have a vision of what they'd like to see happen that's what we're looking for is someone who will come in with a vision and say we want to invest in this area we think we can make it better and the next projects that come along, yes, we need to continue to look at them, but the next projects that come along we think should be, continue to be more active uses and more engaging for people who might want to live in the area. Uh, thank you very much. Again, thank you for being here, and thank you for your commitment personally to the River District. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner LaFazzo. Commissioner Bodipa, member. Thank you. I have um, one additional question for Ms. Klein-Connect. Uh, if I could ask one other question, I apologize. Uh, in terms of uh, the members of the River District, uh, you mentioned over 200 landowners. Uh, how many uh, community members that actually live in the district uh, are, are part of the organization? We are a PBID, which is a property-based business improvement district. So everybody who is not a single-family homeowner or a, I think, duplex do not participate in the, in the PBIDs, but others do. Uh, we don't have a lot of residents. Um, obviously, Twin Rivers you're very familiar with. SHRA participates in our PBID and uh, the new 180-unit uh, cannery place apartments is in our area. And then you said there was a unanimous vote by by the PBID. I'm sorry. I, you said there was a unanimous vote in support. The board the voted unanimously. Yes. Was there any particular? Was there anything that wasn't included as a part of the project that maybe came up in the conversation that? Uh, folks brought up that we might uh, might help us in our decision-making process. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble hearing. Were, was there, were there any other amenities or concerns or things that individuals would like to see related to the project that came up in the conversation that might be of value for us? As any requests, are you asking, are there any, were there any requests yeah. that the board made of the applicant? Correct. No, I think, Quite frankly, we're excited to see someone who wants to come and invest in an interesting business in our area. I'm tired of getting boat and RV storage. Thank you very much. Uh, and Or any kind of storage. I'm tired of it. I want something new and different. And this, I think, opens the door. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Bodipa member. Any additional public comment on this item? Seeing none. Uh, any other commissioner comments, motions? Commissioner, Vice Chair Lucian? Yes, thank you, Mr. Chair. Quick question for staff. Is it, um, I I'd heard this, but I'm not sure whether it's true and I haven't verified. Is there a revenue sharing arrangement between the city and the county as it relates to um, car dealerships and sales tax revenue? I'm not aware of that. I don't know. I know it's not exactly the most germane to planning, but um, I was just curious. All right, thank you.
Thank you. Uh, um, Commissioner Pluckybaum. I just want to thank the applicant for investing in our community and inform you, get up, inform you that you now have uh, 1,176 likes on Facebook, <laughs> at least one of which is mine, and I, I move approval of staff recommendation. Second. Thank you. We have a motion from Commissioner Pluckybaum, a second from Commissioner Colville. Um, Commissioner Wong Conley. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. I have a... Uh, uh, frankly, I, I do have a... Uh, uh, Problem to um, think that this is uh, helping in the long-term vision of uh, uh, mixed-use and heavy uh, residential area in the, for this business. After all, it is an auto dealership, even though it is unique. But it is. But uh, in this case, even though it's uh, um, in conflict with uh, the code and general plan, but. I'm intrigued by the idea of a permanent collection because this bring up, in my mind, is community benefit that uh, uh, the public has the uh, has has the opportunity to see the rare car collections. So uh, also, so I wonder that if you are open to make this part of your uh, CUP to have a, a minimum 15% of your floor area donate uh, dedicated for the permanent car uh, selection, <coughs> because this also will serve for in my mind as uh, uh, another threshold that a general use car cannot just come in to make this use a continuous uh, auto dealership. Um, so um, we hold several um, events um, with the community um, as far as car shows um, tied in with the Nilo concourse events and stuff. So we envision, we get a lot of visitors through that as well. And we also absolutely feel a lot of people will take light rail to come and see those cars when they're on display. Um, and when we have these events three or four times a year, so in addition to the permanent collection. So I just wanted to get that out but, there. Uh, but your question, as I understand it, would we be willing to put in there in the long-term conditional use permit 15%, no less than 50%? 15, not 15. One five, yeah. One, one five, five, yes. Fit, uh, be committed to the, the, um, the permanent collection. Let's see, let's do the math real quick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of in line with what, with what we want. I mean, we see that as an active way to promote our business. So I think we feel pretty comfortable with 15 percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With that uh, uh, condition, I will be happy to support the project as well. I applaud your willingness to, to do that. And uh, I just want to say I have concerns about conditioning the project to um, be open to the public in, in any kind of a, a long-term ongoing basis that, that isn't a part of your core business plan. Um, I, I, I just think there's things that you might want to think through about making that a part of the condition of this approval. Um, so I want to give you an opportunity just to maybe huddle for a second and consider what that might mean if, if you were required to have a portion of your business open to the public on a, on a regular basis to be in compliance with this approval. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, we're open to the public anyway. Just let me be really clear. I've been to a Tesla dealership, and I'm afraid to get close to those cars. I, I, I mean, it's you break it, you buy it, right? So, like, that there is a, a level. I mean, the, I mean, not afraid at our place, I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. So, you're right. Yeah, I'm uh, climbing out of them sometimes. And I've watched your business grow. I, I spent a good bit of time at, at, at that intersection at FE Gallery and at Sacktown Union, and I've, sure. I've applauded what you've done. And, and I think you've um, benefited a bit from. Um, kind of being under the radar, but when the word gets out, I think there's going to be just lines of people coming. The, the, your collection is phenomenal, and so just just pause for a moment if you and think about. I think 
I think what we're benefiting from is your generosity of spirit and, and your willingness to open your doors and do that. I, I don't know that I, I want to require them. And so I, I just, I, I would ask you to consider whether or not you think that's a, a condition that this project should have to bear to be both commercial auto dealership and part museum. And, you know, and that sort of, we don't condition other businesses to do that kind of thing. Um, as I, as I stated that uh, in my mind that this is a uh, community benefit for uh, us to allow auto dealership within uh, one eighth of quarter, my uh, one eighth of mile from a, a transit, and I think RT and uh, air quality district message is loud and clear. It's not mixed use. It's not employee intensive use. So we are they're spending the public fund to 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 build the transit, but I don't see the public would uh, come to buy their car in a transit. But if it's a, a museum car display, then I can see that they promote their business, and I, I might um, people might come to take the transit even five years from now and to, to go to see their dealerships. So that's that's what behind it. So I I I find that uh, it uh, I would like to support the project with the condition. That's that's the thinking behind it. I'm going to let the motion stand to support staff recommendation, and if it fails, I'll, I'll happily uh, consider supporting a, uh, a second motion to uh, condition the project further. But I, I think I'd like to hear from some of the other commissioners. Thank you. Commissioner Colville, we'll come back, I guess. Oh, I was up for a second. But uh, let me just say that I, I, I think the applicant staff and the River District folks have made made their point very clear to me and I'm very supportive for the motion and the way it stands. Thank you Commissioner Colville. Commissioner LaFossa. Thank you Mr. Chair. Three things. Uh, first in response to my colleague the Vice Chair, not to get too technical, but the consumer tax on auto sales is use tax not sales tax and that has substantial implications for its allocation and I suspect that some aspects of the uniqueness this is business are going to have some bearing on how that happens. But for our purposes, not only are you relocating within the same jurisdiction, you're relocating with the same council district. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's going to have any revenue implications, but it's an interesting discussion in another context. Um, on to the matter at hand, um, uh, minor point, major point. Minor point, um, a little bit to the mover and the seconder, but I, 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 you, you all... You all, you know, threw some really cool sweeteners out in your presentation, which are the, the display of the permanent collection and the, uh, and the, uh, the, the, the small retail shop. And again, it, it's attractive just from a pure planner point of view because it's something that, that's going to drive foot traffic. Yeah. And personally, I'd be happier if your site plan was oriented to uh, ensure that that use was closer to the street. I, I think that would add value from a planning purpose. And if my colleagues are interested in chewing on that, uh, we, can, we can go with that. Finally, the major point is, um, you know, yeah, I came in here a bit skeptical, and I read all this stuff, and I know we had a little <coughs> delay. Um, um, Mr. Compton knows before we did Twin Rivers, I reread the River District-specific plan, and... Uh, uh, peppered him with numerous questions about the uses and the vision for the area. And uh, it's a little, I think it's a little frustrating for a novice on all these plans that um, 
they are designed for very discrete purposes. The EIR, a little general plan update, and all of the kind of, you know, infrastructure grants, we use them to gain. And they don't really have the practical purpose I think the average citizen would think they're for. The underlying point there is it's hard to see the vision from here to there. And the challenge here is we, we do this thing here, and I walked in a little frustrated, which is we, we, we see a long-range vision, and we take a short-term action that is inconsistent with the long-range vision to get ourselves moving toward the long-range vision. It's very hard to explain to people why we do this. Um, and it is a somewhat more long-winded articulation of the principle of not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. Um, there was a phrase Ms. KleinConnect used, which I've now forgotten, that uh, I think encapsulated it. Um, so with that kind of frustration about the length of the vision and where this fits and not knowing if it's really going to get us there, you know, I, I'm going to support the motion um, if the mover and the seconder are inclined to think about the site plan that is jurisdictional for us and in the staff report. But uh, with that, uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Fossil. Commissioner Bonipa, member. Thank you, Chair Burke. Uh, I'll keep, keep my comments brief. Um, we were able to hear about the Twin Rivers project not too long ago, and I think uh, Commissioner Wong Conley, when talking about community amenities, that's the first thing that popped in my mind is that um, this is an opportunity for, for the occupants of that project to really have access to, to really see uh, hopes and dreams. And I, I can just imagine myself as a eight-year-old boy having the opportunity to take a look at these very amazing vehicles and what have you um, that is a benefit. Um, so I, I would uh, like to offer to Commissioner Juan Connolly a, a, a possible uh, option on your proposed amendment as opposed to looking at 15% uh, for a ratio for the collection, maybe a combination of 15% for the collection and the sales component uh, that they discussed already uh, and reserving that. Um, I'd be prepared to support that. But in general, um, I do believe uh, uh, any, uh, I'm prepared to support multiple motions that have been put forth, but I do understand the point you're bringing forward, uh, Commissioner Wong Connolly, about ensuring that this this component of the project remain amenity for the community. <coughs> Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Bodipa, member. Commissioner Ogilvie. Thank you. Um, well, it's, it's very compelling, and I definitely appreciate um, the need for a catalyst in this area. This particular project um, is counter to the general plan and the planning and development standards and the river district goals and I'm not inclined to support it as it stands. Thank you, Commissioner Ogilvie. Commissioner Lucian. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I, uh, I agree with uh, my colleague, Commissioner Coville, on the reorienting the, the, the site plan so that the structure is closer to the street. I, I think I was thinking that, but he said it. Um, and so I, I would certainly support that, but uh, notwithstanding that, uh, I fully support the fiscalization of land use and uh, would be happy to support the uh, motion as is. Thank you. Commissioner Wong Conley. Oh, I just want to get a clarification from my colleague. 15% um, of uh, um, retail plus the uh, permanent display could you uh, tell me a little more 
my understanding of the of the request that you put forward was to ensure as a part of the conditional use permit that 50% uh, be reserved for the, uh, the the car display component yeah. uh, and it's my understanding that the applicant had also talked about a, a separate sales component and so I was wondering whether you'd be willing to look at the 15% as a combination of the display and the sales uh, as a part of the, the CUP. Well, it's the entire site is all for sales, and then 15% is put aside for there's the car. Point. There's the car sales component, and there's <laughs> the the accessories. So there's the T-shirts, and it's almost as if it would be kind of like a gift shop if you're looking at it from a museum context. Okay. I was just putting it forward as a possible um, I, I would accept that and make a, a substitute motion. Uh, Commissioner Pluckybaum? That's the maker of the motion. Are we asking for a friendly visitor? Oh, sorry. Substitute motion, okay. Is there a second to that, or? I'll second that. Any more questions, comments, concerns? What's your bucket bomb? I'd like to hear from the applicant on the idea of uh, conditioning the project to have 15% of your space for a combination of, as I understand it, both showroom and retail space. You, you got me scared a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about insurance, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the permit collection has always been kind of part of our plan. It's not something we tacked on there, um, <clears throat> that we tacked on there to make it more palatable to anybody. I mean, it's part of our plan. It's part of what we want to do to promote the dealership. Um, that being said, um, we'd, I guess we'd like to go forward without that amendment. Uh, I, so we have, there is a substitute motion on the floor, and I think we need to act on that first, but I would encourage uh, my fellow commissioners to consider the burden that we would be putting on this project, which is essentially homesteading in a very difficult part of our city that needs that catalyst. I would, I would like to give them the opportunity to, to succeed uh, with the, the goodwill and, and, and um, good spirit that they've brought before our, our commission tonight. I mean, our general inventory consists of some of the rarest cars in the world as it is right now. I mean. It, we're going to have a permanent collection, um, and that's mostly because we're proud of those cars. But some of the cars that we have on display right now, I mean, are there's less than you know a handful in the world. So um, a lot of our stuff is already kind of consistent with that. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Lafazo. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. A couple questions on the substitute motion. Um, where I'm trying to go is I I. I I think it would be helpful for us to see some pointing on the site plan that should gives us a good sense of what 15% is. And I assume 15% includes all floor area, including what I perceive is a rack where apparently I, it looks like the site plan there that you, you have four cars that are depicted parallel parked on top of the diagonally parked cars. I assume those were on some kind of rack above the floor on an, in its display sense? That's the idea, yeah. So I assume that's part of the area in question of which 15% would be measured. So with that proviso and any other necessary provisos, could staff or anybody just, just point to what 15% looks like on the map. I think that would be useful for us. I don't know if somebody has total square footage and wants to do math and then do it out or do it visually. I don't. Yeah. 
without taking our ruler to it, that's, that's a tough thing to do. But I'm not looking for precise math. I'm looking for orders of magnitude. I'm sorry, what? I'm not looking for precise math. I'm looking for orders of magnitude. Yeah, if, if I, I guess if you were to visually chop that thing up and I, I'd start by chopping up in 10 places. And I mean, it's just very difficult to do, you know, freehand here. I mean, if you go by square footage, I just would note that the entire building, uh, just that, you know, 15%, that's roughly 3,000 square feet. Um, how, how many square feet is the building? 3,000 square feet uh, for 15%, and the building is 15. I'm sorry. I, I, I wanted to see the entire equation, please. Uh, the, the answer is 3,000. 3, What's the, what are the two uh, factors? Sorry, it was 20,000 square feet total for that building. Okay. 3,000 square feet would be 15% of the floor area. 1,000 times 0.15 is 3,000. Yes. Thank you. We wanted to make sure that that's the display area of the car. Can you speak inside the microphone, Mr. Wilson? Use the mics, yeah. Yeah, the, the offices are not part of our display area, so the overall square foot of the building in such a consideration shouldn't be taken into account. That's a very fair point. Maybe I misunderstood the motion. Is it display area or floor space? I apologize if I misunderstood the motion. Display area. Any? Oh, so so you're telling me you're not sure what the what the square footage of the display area is? No, I'd, it'd be a it'd be a guess. It'd, it'd be. Um, so you have uh, four cars there on display, and then there are 24 cars on the floor. Right now, it's 15 percent. Right, but the, it represents only 24 cars. It'll be a, there's, the cars are very large to scale and. Quite honestly, we've been focusing so much on the outside of the building. That, um, that's why uh, that's set up as it is. I mean, Mr. Chairman, I don't want to be a process junkie, but I still have the floor. Oh. Go ahead, Commissioner Fossil. Okay. Um, it's a useful question, but um, one at a time, as I like to say. Um, well, I'll, I'll yield and go to another speaker, but I, I, I thought it would be useful for us to understand you know, visually what we're contemplating here. So I don't have my answer yet, so I'll punch back up and let one of my colleagues continue the inquiry. But uh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Commissioner Fazzo. Commissioner Kovo, hold on for a second. Commissioner Juan Conley, you have uh, any additional questions? Uh, no, I apologize. I, uh, oh, microphone, okay. I apologize. I didn't realize you were still on the floor, but that's a great question. Thank you for the clarification. I didn't mean the entire building uh, space, 15%, just the display. And I understand you're saying that the card, the uh, scale is not proper, but uh, um, so is the scale um, for the dis for the cards that are displayed also is off the scale. So proportionally, even you just look at now, you satisfy. And on the other hand, you, you say that there are so many cars that can be counted as permanent collection. So frankly, I don't see any problem for you to satisfy this requirement at all. You can designate. But for me, this is another threshold that after you leave the business, not another general car dealership can move in the building, claim that they are sure. satisfied as COP. Thank you. Commissioner uh, Cole, you Yes. Go ahead. You know, I, I think um, everybody's got dreams and aspirations and goals. Uh, 
things don't go always the way we plan. And I, I just feel like I don't want to put any more um, requirements on this business. Who knows what might happen five years from now that changes what they might need just to stay in business. So I just, uh, I would speak against any further um, requirements on them. Thank you, Commissioner Colville. And just real quickly, I might add that I support, I don't support the, the I concur with <coughs> Commissioner Colville, Commissioner Buckingham. I don't support the, the requirements on the square footage for a museum. I understand the intent, but uh, I want to give the applicant flexibility if their project's approved. Um, so I, I won't be supporting um, any restrictions like that. Uh, Commissioner Yee. Thank you. As I understand, the 15% uh, dedicated to the collection is intended to discourage a future occupant to establish a traditional dealership business. I think that the more direct discouraging condition is, as we have said, B B1 and B2 under conditions of approval for the conditional use permit. That is, I think, a greater uh, impediment to establish a traditional dealership. And I agree that the display of the collection is a discretionary business decision that we should allow the business to operate as it sees fit. The more direct, uh, in my mind, uh, disincentive to have a traditional dealership are already embodied in the conditions of approval. I do not believe that this 15% uh, uh, condition uh, would strengthen that position of not having a awkwardly phrased uh, sentence comment, but uh, I don't think it adds to the uh, a greater assurance that a traditional dealership would uh, subsequently occupy this space. So uh, if there is going to be a, uh, uh, a vote on the substitute motion, I will not be supporting it. Thank you, Commissioner Ye. Commissioner Bodipa, member. I would just encourage us to move uh, to, to vote on the motion and, Thank you. Uh, and proceed <laughs> to see whether or not it moves forward or not. And I believe we have a, a second motion, if it doesn't move forward, that we can come to a decision. I concur. Thank you so much. We'll take a, a vote on the substitute motion. Uh, now that includes the the fifty percent, correct? Commissioner Bodipo member. Aye. Faso. No. Oville. No. Hoffman. No. Lindsay. Farrell. No. Lucky bomb. No. Juan Connolly. Aye. E. No. Ogilvy. No. Vice Chair Lucian? No. Chair Burke? No. Motion fails. Okay, colleagues, uh, any additional motions or? We do have a, we have a motion. Oh, the original, we'll go back to the original. So we'll go for a roll call on the original. Commissioner Pluckybaum? Juan Connolly? No. E. Aye. Ogilvy? No. Farrell? Aye. Lindsay? 
Aye. Hoffman? Aye. Coville? Aye. Faso? Aye. Odipo member? Aye. Vice Chair Lucian? Aye. Chair Burke? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you, colleagues. Uh, sorry, I was distracted. I was thinking of Porsches and Lamborghinis. We'll go, <laughs> we'll go to item number four now on the agenda. Um, DR 17-152, single, single unit dwelling addition. Mr. Abbas. Good evening, Chair Burke and members of the Planning and Design Commission. I am Daniel Abbas and the assigned planner for DR 17152. Uh, I do have a purple sheet that I submitted. This revises some language for the environmental determination in the staff report. The subject Just real quickly, so sorry, I forgot. Any commissioner needs to recuse themselves, conflict of interest, ex parte on this item? You're not. So the subject site is at 932 33rd Street. Uh, the request you're reviewing is to raise a house and construct a ground floor addition on a 0.11 acre parcel in the R1 zone in Alhambra Corridor Special Planning District. The required entitlement is site plan and design review with deviation to bulk control development standards. The right or north side of the house uh, projects outside of the airspace tent for a span of 37 feet, which exceeds the 15 foot standard and requires approval of the Planning and Design Commission. Staff supports the deviation since the proposal is consistent with applicable design guidelines and all other development standards. Uh, and since the proposal meets the purpose and intent of the bulk control and that it is compatible with the surrounding residential structures and respects neighbor privacy through window placement. In attachment five, you'll find three public comment letters. The East Sacramento Improvement Association expressed opposition, citing that the proposal was out of character with the neighborhood. Two adjacent neighbors, one across the street directly, and um, the neighbor at the north side on the side of the proposed deviation uh, support, support the project. Staff is recommending approval per the findings and conditions in attachment one. Uh, we do have um, applicant and owner available. Uh, as well as myself and st the rest of staff for questions. The owner would like to um, uh, make a presentation. Thank you. Step forward. Um. Hello, Chair Burke and members of the commission. Uh, my wife and I are the homeowners and uh, we encourage you to support our project. We um, we have two young boys and our family is growing and uh, we were enmeshed in the fabric of Sacramento. We both work downtown. Uh, our son goes to David Lubin and uh, we want to do what we can to stay in this house. Um, we love the neighborhood and uh, the expansion, we, we elected to go up because our foundation has some uh, serious settling issues and uh, so the foundation would need work anyway. Um, and at the same time, we could lift the house and add beneath it. Um, we would also eliminate any crawl space, so we would be on slab to, to uh, keep the overall height of the project as low as possible. Um, our young son has a 
immune condition, he's severely immunocompromised, and this project would allow us to use uh, mold-resistant sheetrock that would help him. He's he's very uh, he's vulnerable to air, airborne contaminants. Um, and if you have any questions, thank you. Um, any commissioner questions, comments, Co Commissioner Yee? Thank you, and maybe this is a question more for staff, but uh, um, I'm looking at figure three, and I think you mentioned, but I wanted to be confident I understood this correctly. So in figure three, that portion that extends beyond the shaded area, which is the bulk control tent, that is the only portion that extends beyond um, the tent. That is correct. Okay, there is no corresponding dormer or uh, extension on the south side. Correct. Okay, going then to figure four, which is the front elevation. Uh, the adjacent buildings are 22.4 on the right, or north, I assume, and 21.10 and a half on the left, which is south. Uh, this building is 27.7 and a half. <coughs> That 27.75, again, falls within the tent. Is that correct? Divert the height. Uh, so it's uh, 25 feet, 7.5 inches for the roof peak there. Yes, yeah, so I, I might have misstated. Yeah. Um, and the allowed height is up to 35 feet for um, uh, where the roof meets the wall. Okay. Uh, so it is absolutely uh, with, it meets the, our requirements for height standards. Okay. So what this comes down to is the acceptability of the portion protruding uh, on figure three. That, that to me is a central, that summarizes the entire issue as far as I can understand. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Lee. Commissioner, Commissioner LaFasso. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Two quick questions for the applicant or the homeowner. Uh, Mr. Schmidt, I think you answered my first question, which is you intend for your entire family to occupy this additional space. You're not? Correct. Okay. My wife, myself, and our two boys. Appreciate that. Um, I don't know. Sometimes people bring their architect. I'm sure that's a cost to you, but I feel obligated to ask this question. And <coughs> Commissioner, you made reference to the dormer on the side that protrudes into what we call the tent. Right. I just wondered, did, did, you, did you discuss with your architect the feasibility of staying within the tent? Is that a conversation you had? Uh, we looked at it uh, because we are trying to maintain the existing story and just raise it up. Um, the cost involved in shaving off that part of the roof, and uh, we, we have a, a roof that is only about two years old, so um, it, it didn't make sense, and it would, it would be out of our budget. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Schmidt. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner LaFalso. Um, any public comment on this item? I have a comment card from Karen Calhoun. Oh, wow. It's way off. Okay. Please forgive me. It's okay. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I don't usually do this. Um, I am the neighbor to the south of uh, Brian and Anne. And I just want to say that I love them. <laughs> They're great people. 
Hit. Nice little boys. I'm sorry. Make me cry. And the idea that they can make that house safe for their son. So that they can continue to live in our neighborhood is very important to me. Sorry. They're not trying to build a big mansion. They are doing what good neighbors do. They are repairing their house and at the same time improving it. They, they are a wonderful addition to our neighborhood. And I've had other people who lived in that house. I've lived there since 93. They are the best neighbors I've ever had. And anything that can be done to keep them there, to keep their family there and have their boys grow up, I would really like you to consider good people <laughs> this is important for our street to have families that stay and not just flip the house and move on and flip the house and move on i would like to see these boys grow up here they really can't do that because of everett's illness and just because they're going to be boys and it's a little house <laughs> so please consider this they are a great asset to our neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you so much. Any additional public comments? Seeing none. Commissioner, comments, motions? Commissioner Pluckybaum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All at once now. Okay. Commissioner uh, Pluckybaum uh, moves it. Uh, second from Commissioner Yee. Commissioner, you had any other additional comments? or Just a second. Commissioner Colville? No. Commissioner LaFossa? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Just two very quick comments. Mr. Schmidt, I think your neighbor did a good job of articulating the core issue, which is you're not building a uh, McMansion. I very much appreciate the moving human issues. I'm trying to be the dry planning commissioner I'm supposed to be. But I do, at, from that role, uh, you've done a very good job of reaching out to your neighbors, and that actually is very pivotal on how our decisions play. So uh, kudos to you for that. One quick question I forgot to say. When we had another one of these... I had a concern about how the staff report depicted the tent, and I looked for some more specificity on that. And Mr. Sanchez and Mr. Abez, you, uh, I don't know if it's because I requested it, but you met uh, my uh, desire in that regard for the, for the presentation in figure three, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Thank you. And staff, A-plus for the great written staff report. Uh, Commissioner Juan Conley. Um, I drove by the uh, the house uh, over the weekend, and then I do notice that there are second there are two stories uh, along the street. And you, I'm glad that you are uh, keeping the original architectural style instead of demolish, and you raise it up and then uh, do the second do the first floor addition. So I I feel comfortable supporting the deviation as well. And I hope the, the boys growing up on the street. It's a great location. And I'm glad that neighbors have such great things to say about you. Thank you. We'll, we'll call the roll on this item. Commissioner Bodipo member? Aye. Rosso? Aye. Coville? Aye. Kaufman? Aye. Lindsay? Aye. Farrell? Aye. Lucky Bomb? Aye. Juan Connolly? Aye. E. Ogilvy. Aye. Vice Chair Lucian. Aye. Chair Burke. Aye. Motion passes. <coughs>
Congratulations. Thank you. Item five has been uh, withdrawn. Uh, any other public comments, matters uh, not on the agenda? Any additional commissioner comments, ideas? Commissioner LaFassa. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, uh, he didn't make it back before we started our meeting. The chair of the board of the Sacramento Heritage Incorporated, which is the uh, entity we briefly discussed about a month ago, that um, is a city-owned nonprofit with a function of protecting our city's local heritage, and for which there is now a vacant seat on their board, who is who is an appointee of the chair of the Planning and Design Commission. Uh, which is still pending, but uh, the chair of the board, Bill Berg, indicated he might be uh, coming back here because they had their meetings on the first Thursday of the month, which it happens to be the first Thursday here. We're usually here the second Thursday. But he handed out this brochure, um, which is one of the things that uh, SAC Heritage does is sponsor walking tours uh, to promote um, the city's heritage and local architecture. And... Uh, if you're not interested in serving on their board, at least uh, please take a look at the brochure and take a look at the tours. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Colville. Any commissioners who want to be? Sorry, Commissioner LaFossa. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Um, any commissioners who want to uh, serve on, on Sacramento Heritage, Inc., let me know. We could talk offline. Uh, Commissioner Juan Connolly. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, thank you for sharing this information. And I read on the city website that uh, right now we have the 3D modeling of the downtown area and all the projects proposed in downtown that they are supposed to uh, uh, present a 3D model and so the staff can see how does that fit into the 3D. I'm just very curious to see if my colleagues are interested to, to see how, does, uh, how, how is the 3D model of downtown look like and if can staff do a... a demonstration to all of us briefly, if the time fits, and just a suggestion. I don't think I have enough information to tell you. I, I don't, um, I'll have to talk to our urban design manager to see I, I'm not familiar with that project. Thank you, Ms. Cogdell. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Wong Connolly. Uh, Commissioner, Vice Chair Lucian. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I uh, wanted to take some time to uh, briefly talk about some conversations I've had with uh, city residents about the use and placement of manufactured homes um, as accessory dwelling units. Um, it has come to my attention, and I'm not sure whether it's true, but I had some conversations with staff today and last week um, because it's been mentioned several times that these types of manufactured homes, some of which I believe are on wheels, um, but could be sort of affixed to a foundation, um, aren't authorized in the city code or the county code. Um, and it's rumored that it's not authorized in the city code. So I believe I may have spoke to um, on staff, Mr. McDonald about this last week. And I mentioned to him that I was going to bring it up publicly at the next commission meeting. Uh, I'm hopeful that as the staff undertakes uh, what I believe to be an omnibus uh, code rewrite or maintenance of the codes or something along those lines, if consideration would be given to um, identifying 
to the commission if any such restrictions exist in the city code or perhaps in the building code, um, although I don't think it's the building code, but if there are, um, that may prohibit the deployment or utilization of manufactured homes, whether they're on wheels or not on wheels, um, as accessory dwelling units. Um, the ones that I uh, were specifically mentioned to me were um, anywhere from 380 square feet, which um, I was shown some designs. You can, you can get, um, I don't know how comfortably, but two bedrooms and a bathroom um, and a kitchen um, in uh, 380 to 399 square feet. Uh, so I just wanted to sort of make that public and, and inquire if we might be able to um, maybe hear back on that sometime in the future. We staff does expect to bring bringing back um, kind of what we call the bundle of uh, changes to the zoning code towards the end of the year. So I'll make sure to mention that to the project manager, and um, we can clarify um, to the commission uh, what the zoning code requirements are uh, as it relates to manufactured homes. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle Ogilvie. Yeah. Thank you. Just quickly. Um, in the wake of what looks like to be a really devastating hurricane season, I think it would be interesting for us after, you know, people are, are taken care of to maybe visit some lessons learned, um, especially around Houston and Miami, which are probably comparable to our population and, and some of the projects that we see closer to the river and in flood zones where, where maybe there aren't um, development standards that address other risk reduction or mediative mediation through design, but you know we, we really rely on our levies here, and um, maybe we oughtn't. And as commissioners, I think it's something that would be worthwhile for us to investigate further and and see what other cities are doing. <coughs> I concur. additional comments Any? I guess to follow up with an action item on that because um, I mean I'd be happy if I come across things to share them with the Commission and with staff um, how do I do that do I send it to the Commission submit or can I okay uh, yeah I know the Brown Act right. we can't yeah so uh, Commissioner Oakley any additional comments or okay commissioner lafazo uh, i was just about to say commission submit brown act we took care of it thank you elsewhere anything else okay perfect with that guys and ladies and gentlemen commissioners everyone will adjourn <laughs>